This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stuffer Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Well, not much to talk about in this one. Just kidding. It's the warm-up episode 133. It's your host, Brave Frost. Tom Bradshaw joins me once again. Tom, how are you doing? Um, I am okay, Brady. Yeah, uh, some big news, wasn't there? Obviously, I'm sure everyone's listened to the pod from uh, Monday night. So, yeah, a lot to talk about ahead of a big game. Absolutely. We wouldn't have it any other way. And to, to talk about this big news, we're joined by Alex Miller, who's the Sheffield Wednesday writer for the Sheffield Star. Alex, thanks so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you man uh, who probably has a foot in both camps. Obviously, you know Darren Moore. So uh, we'll probably start there. But before we do, I've had this in my notes on my phone for about three weeks and I forgot to do it. Um, but shout out to Simon, who I saw at Magic Rock uh, before uh, after the Blackburn game said he'd listen to the pod and I said I'd give him a shout out. So here you are, about three weeks too late. But that's the way you do it. You still get it. So <laughs> let's move on. Because, uh, lads, I know it's a crucial game, but we have to start by talking about Darren Moore's dismissal. Tom, we were saying before, obviously the lads did a reaction last night, but um, we'll ask, we'll get our thoughts too. Because who doesn't want to hear about another town manager getting sacked? But Alex, I'll come to you first. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not the team you cover, but you know Darren Moore during his time at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, are you surprised it's not worked out for him at Huddersfield? Honestly, yes and no. I think um, you know with 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 the changes at at Town and and how they're going about things, it, it did feel like it would be a, a sink or swim sort of situation. Darren was obviously coming off. Great momentum and a, a pretty sour end to his time at, at Wednesday, having done fairly incredible things. I think you know what, what's forgotten in terms of the job that he did at Wednesday was just how much much of a mess the club was in um, when he picked them up um, and the turnaround that he did there, albeit in League One with one of the bigger budgets and and players like Barry Bannon and and Josh Windass operating in the third tier. Um, 
and obviously the story is the nature of the promotion with the with the comeback and and the last last head last head of the game is that that's not the expression is it but close enough um, at Wembley to get up. Um, so yeah, I think he, he's pretty well revered amongst Wednesday fans that probably see through some of the the narrative that's been attempted to be spun in in terms of how he left. In terms of Huddersfield, yeah, like I say, you know, it, it felt like a a bold um, way of, of jumping in and going about it. I think a lot of people sort of from the outside appreciated the uh, the three-year plan that I think um, your man Nagel had, had sort of spoken about. And um, to an extent, I think he was always fighting a bit of a losing battle with, with how popular Neil is down there. Um and I think Neil offered that security that you know what relegation probably wouldn't be a problem, and you can you can build towards something as and when uh, as and when the ownership and all the rest of it see fit. Um, so yeah, I think I, I I don't live in Sheffield. I'm not a million miles away. I'm up in Bradford, so I do know a few Huddersfield fans. Um, and it, yeah, it did sort of feel quite early on that he was on a hiding to nothing. Albeit the performances obviously weren't that inspiring. Yeah, hard to disagree. I mean, Tom, um, we've chat, spoken about it quite a lot on this podcast. We actually got teased uh, that we were probably too kind on Darren Moore, but he, he has gone. Uh, what's your take on the news? Well, yeah, Brady, you sent me that um, a screenshot of someone saying that about us, and I did send you a reply. I mean, you could drop that audio in now if you want, Brady, but there's literally the Ipswich game, so Darren Moore's second game preview um i pretty much word for word said how it was gonna go dinner um and it's it's happened exactly like that i think um as alex has kind of just suggested as soon as he came in i think one thing we said on here was you follow him warnock so that's already going to be absolutely difficult fans you've got to get off to a good start um and i i think i for me it all comes down to that spell of games where we lost um the the three games by four, conceding four, including Leeds being four nil down at at Leeds at half time. I think he'd lost a lot of fans that in that couple of couple of games. Um it's a difficult one. I think I think the fans have almost got him gone here, in my opinion. I think I know that Kev and his team are quite um keen on social media and all you've seen the last few weeks is more out, more out. Um I think it also a bit of the decision of we've got he's got Wednesday coming up his former team that he had success with like literally a few months ago. I think it's a a bit of a tactical one as well. I mean, I think they obviously knew after these four games we all said they were so important, and he's only got three points out of these three games. Um, when look, I think by this, I think it it was a minimum of seven points to be honest. Um, out of the three, given when you look at everyone else's records at the moment, and kind of, he just had to do something because it just feels like if you're going to keep drawing, we were going to keep drawing all season, and that wasn't going to keep us up. Um, but then I don't think recent performances were too bad, Brady. I think there was QPR on Sunday. I think there was a lot of positives there. Um, but yeah. It's probably the right decision, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, I'm sure 
listeners will kind of got other news. I think it's just, uh, I I suppose people wanted, you know, had made their minds up on Darren Moore. I think we've kind of talked about, he, he did have a bad hand, you know, I think following Neil Warner can be in a complete contrast in terms of character. That's always a bit jarring as well. Um, but, you know, it's probably the home games that has done it as well. Like you talk about this run and how crucial it is, but I think that Plymouth game, yes, they didn't have a striker and the Blackburn game, they had chances to win the game. QPR, they probably should have won the game, but they're fine if you isolate those those matches um, and there's caveats within that, but I suppose it's the body of work behind it in terms of, like you say, it's it's three wins in 22 games. That's not good enough. Um, and I do feel, I mean, the, the most damning thing is between his first, this is a stat from Opta Joe, uh, between his first game, which was the 25th of September and his, his final game in charge of Huddersfield, only Rotherham won fewer games and they're not bottom. So, you know, it's not good. Um, I just, we'll kind of, we have some more questions about the the next manager and who we think I should be able to talk about that. But, um, I, you know, a difficult comparison, but um, I suppose the example you can look at is Jurgen Klopp's leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. I think while that kind of feels, you know, it obviously has the success to go with it, but it's about feeling connected and fans uniting behind and having a cause. And I just think we never had that under, under Darren Moore. We did have that a little bit under Neil Warnock and, you know, we'll come on to that, but the next manager does, does have to be someone the fans can get behind. And uh, yeah, sixth manager in 18 months, the sign of a very well-run club. Anyway, let's talk, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Let's get into this, this game. So manager, Les Huddersfield Town, they do host Sheffield Wednesday in a Yorkshire derby. That is also a relegation six-pointer. Terry's, of course, ditched Darren Moore following that draw against fellow strugglers QPR. And Huddersfield now failed to win in the last six. Meanwhile, Wednesday, they're in midweek action against Watford. Uh, it'll be tonight when this goes out. But they have lost their last two league games. But Danny Roll's side did win the previous league two before that. Obviously, we don't know about the Watford game. But should they win that game... Wednesday could go level on points with Town if they also win at the John Smiths. Tom, it's a huge game. Uh, it's also been thrown into chaos. How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, it's a massive game, isn't it? I think um, the term nine-pointer was even used by James, so it is a massive one. And I think um, it's a big ask for John Worthington, but I think someone coming in who absolutely loves the club has been around it for so many years now. He knows what it's about. He knows he knows what a derby against Wednesday is like. He's scored and won in a derby against Wednesday before. So he'll be well up for it. And hopefully, the one thing I always hope when we kind of have these interim managers who are from the the youth setup is because they're always ex-players, etc. They're going to hopefully bring a bit of passion to the game and really G the players up. And I mean, that's, that's my only hope for for Saturday, Brady, is that we, we do see a bit more excitement and just a bit more fight there. But um, I can't say it's going to be a, a, a high-scoring affair, to be honest.
No, certainly not. And I mean, Alex, obviously from Sheffield Wednesday's side, um, are you, uh, you know, would you say they're maybe more nervous about this game with a caretaker manager rather than Darren Moore because it's a bit of an unknown quantity? I think so. I don't know what it is about Wednesday. This is, I think, I think I'm right in saying this will be the fourth time that they've come up against a, a caretaker manager or interim manager. Um, and Danny Rule is very, very big on sort of his data and, and analytics and stuff. And he's admitted in press conferences that it does make things difficult for him to prepare and go about things how he, how he usually would. So, you know, there, there's some managers that perhaps would uh, would sort of downplay that sort of thing. Um, but I think it is a genuine curveball for, for Wednesday to cope with. Um, when it's happened previously, he's spoken about his approach being more based on Wednesday and their strengths in, in that scenario. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, I think the bottom line is that Wednesday's away form hasn't been great. There's been some good results in there. Um, they have a knack of... Um, outplaying some of the struggling sides sort of between the boxes. Um, but the key moments have, have let them down. You know, the, the old thing, sticking it in the onion bag and, and keeping out the other one. Um, and, and that's cost Wednesday time. And again, particularly under Danny, you, you do sort of wonder when Darren left, if, if Danny had come in, which which was possible, he was interviewed for the job in the summer, uh, where Wednesday would be now without the, the 12 matches of uh, of hell under under Cisco Munoz. Um but yeah, shoulda woulda coulda and all that sort of thing. Um but in terms of the match, yeah. It's gonna be tight. I, I I can foresee an absolute stinking stinking draw. Um but I w- if if Wednesday can grab a hold of it early and, and get the ball moving, um then certainly another another a relatively rare away win would uh, would do him well. What I was worried about, Alex, when I looked at it, especially with Darren Moore at the helm potentially for the game, and um, I, I, I don't like, I don't. It feels weird slating him because I actually, I think there's a lot of connotations about what what went wrong for him. He's in the injury list has been terrible, um, obviously following Warnock, and but it was just looking at the, I think the last four is it is it two wins away from home in the last four, but that include that was it one nil away at Stoke. Yeah. And a one a one nil at Preston, and those kind of those just stood out as like, well, if they can do that against Stoke and Preston away, who I'm not saying they're, well, they're not in that kind of top six bracket this season. I feel like there's a top six, and everyone else is on a pretty mm-hmm. levelish playing field this year, and um, that worried me a bit, especially with um, with uh, how how Darren is gonna would have set up. So I think maybe Worthington gives me a bit more. A bit more confidence going into it, but I think I think town fans have got to got to realise Wednesday are actually like you say you look at you look at the stats with these last few games and they they they're holding on to the ball well, aren't they? And um, like having a lot of possession and stuff, so it might be one of those where town have to have to really think about how the how they're going to do that because they're quite a pressing team now, Alex. Yeah, very much so. They sort of pick and choose the games. You know, it's been it's been really fascinating as. As a reporter who isn't perhaps um, as au fair with with sort of the tactical analysis and, and that sort of thing as as some of the guys on the circuit are, it's been absolutely fascinating watching you know the the 
subtle differences, some of the not so subtle differences in terms of how they're, they're setting up. I mean, um, from the outside looking in, I've spoken to a few reporters um, sort of coming to the ground who, who sort of said, you know, D- Danny's getting a lot of good press considering, you know, he's still in the relegation stone, you know, the, this, that and the other. He's just a very, very, very impressive figure. Um, and, you know, you look at his where he's come from, where he's worked before, Bayern Munich, Germany, Southampton, Leipzig. Um, I think he's he's destined for the top, and I think he's probably getting the best out of what is a relatively limited squad. Um, you know, the next the next few days are big if they can bring someone in in time for for that town game. Um, certainly at the at the top end of the pitch, that could that could make a big difference because, as I've said. It's the key moments that have let them down. You know, the the XG and all those sort of things that certain people turn their noses up to. Um, they're all very uh, encouraging in terms of Wednesday's upward curve. Um, but they just need a little bit of help and, and some money spent in the next few days. Yeah, and you, you obviously you talked about Danny Royal being impressive. I suppose town fans are, you know, they've got an eye on the next manager and hoping someone can have a similar impact to what Danny Royal's had at Hillsborough. What what has made him so impressive, and like what has he done? I know that's a that's a big question, but I suppose it'd be really interesting to hear because it does seem from the outside that yeah. he's really galvanised them. Yeah, well, th- there are similarities in terms of the job that whoever it will be will be picking up. In that, you know, the the fan base and the club are, are probably in a in a bit of a gully in terms of you know momentum and and, and spirit and all the rest of it. And um, what Danny did very well was he was very impressive communicator straight from the off um, despite being his second language um, I think there was a buy-in in terms of his CV you know just about everyone that we spoke to there was about a week's period where it, it was quite clear that Danny was going to be the manager but they had to iron out certain bits and bobs uh, along the way um, so you know Radio Sheffield and, and ourselves sort of speaking to a lot of people that had either worked with him or, or journalists that had covered his career and it became clear pretty early on that this is a, a very impressive candidate and someone that actually Wednesday were, were really lucky to have, you know, and, and there was the nervousness of, well, he's never been a manager before. Uh, no, but he's taken just about every training session at Bayern Munich for, for 18 months and, you know, done the same thing in the in the Premier League and, and this, that and the other. So I, I think football's changing, isn't it? Um, certainly, if you look in the championship in terms of the profile of of managers that are being chosen now, um, the shift towards analytics and and sort of more progressive modern ways of doing things sort of does lend itself to you know managers that have have done it the hard way and maybe got into the game a, a little bit earlier. Um, that's not to say there isn't a place for a, a Neil Warnock. Um, who I would have been more than happy getting the Wednesday job when when Daddy came in, but they've obviously done it a different way, completely different way. Um, whether it's enough to stay up, I don't know. But if if they can keep hold of Danny Real, um, you know, I've no doubt that he can he can sort of lay the foundations as as anyone anyone can reasonably be expected to do with the framework of how the clubs run. Mm, I suppose that's my my kind of final grilling you a bit here, Alex, but. Uh... I suppose my kind of final question on that is, you know, you look at the, the owner of Wednesday, Chancery, do you think it seems to be going well? And you, like you say, you've had, obviously you've lost, uh, Wednesday have lost the last two league games, but still that momentum which Town haven't had. 
do you, is the only thing stopping them the owner really do, do you see that potentially becoming a problem or is it you know what, what's kind of latest with that yeah I, th- I think you know everyone was looking at this window as a, as a huge opportunity to um to make use of of the contacts i mean the backroom staff that danny's got you know have worked at Manchester United, Arsenal, you've got Chris Powell in there, obviously with Spurs, you know, the, the, there's contacts and I think that can be overblown to a degree as if recruitment's just a case of picking up the phone to your mate and, and taking one of the better players. Um, but yeah, everyone was looking to this window as a big opportunity. They've got close and failed to get several deals over the line. I think that's endemic of the, of the situation that Wednesday are in as a club. You know, if you're a loanee, looking at, at Wednesday from the outside looking in. Really the, the, the thing that you'd be signing for is Danny Real and his and his coaching staff rather than um you know, there's a, a player went off to, to Sturm Graz um to, to go and win a title and, and play in the Europa Conference League. Well, Wednesday can't compete with that, however much of a, a big club with the history and all the rest of it that comes with it. So um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit conflated with I think I think the chairman has sought to back real that there's an ongoing situation now with a, a 22 year old American striker. Um, we're led to believe there's a, a bid somewhere in the region of 2 million pounds being put down. That's money that's not been spent at Wednesday for a very long time. Um, so for, on that front, then, you know, certainly I, th- I think there's been attempts made. The, the question mark is the fact that they haven't got these deals over the line. They've got two deals done very early. Um, that's not been followed through on, and we'll see over the next few days, won't we? What what happens? Um, he is a complex character, I would suggest, um, and that's that's coating it in quite a lot of um, quite a lot of sugar. Um, who can be difficult, you know? Darren Moore, someone that's that's felt the the acid tongue, if you like. Um, yeah, not not dissimilar, perhaps. To uh, to the man running town in terms of how certain decisions, certain statements, things that are said can be um, can be disruptive. Um, where, where probably in their mind they're thinking, you know, in terms of transparency and, and all the things that fans are asking for. But there, there's certainly a a balance to strike there. Um, and look, there, there are bigger stories with regard to the chairman that no doubt you and the, and the listeners will have heard. Um, that was a long night on Zoom. I can tell you that. Um, yeah, which are which are you know deeply concerning and, and certainly concern the fan base. And um, we'll see how the next few months go. Uh, we should bear in mind while we'll throw to the listeners because they know who they want. It's Kwame's question. A few things, things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. So um, we asked, I actually tweeted this before we knew Darren Moore was getting sacked. Um, again, I think it's just, uh, you know, you don't need to be <laughs> a mind reader. I think uh, Kevin Nail, Nagel kind of spelled that out for us. But uh, we asked uh, for this, who do you want as the next Huddersfield Town Manager? I have to say, Tom, I think some of the shouts are ambitious, shall we say. Uh, but let's let's read some out. I'm going to ask uh, yourself, Tom, uh, as well. Uh, Alex, I appreciate it's not your uh, the side you cover, but you know we'll we'll see what you maybe think they need, or you know we'll tap into that. 
Uh, let's read some out, Sally. So Bjorn Gambach, he says, if going for a safe choice, who knows the league? Michael Duff. If daring to gamble on a young, exciting manager to win League One, question mark, Mark Bonner. I like that show. Uh, Arthur Difford says, tactically, I like Paul Heckenbottom. Not sure about Jones or Steve Cooper. Parker needs money. Looking to Europe, we're already signing two players from AJK and Groningen this month, a big risk. And Will HDFC, he has a four-man shortlist in order of priority. Number one is Steve Cooper. Number two is Nathan Jones. Number three is John Eustace. And number four is Paul Heckingbottom. He says, although the dream is Rocket Ron and Warnock return. Um, <laughs> Tom, again, I was on Radio Leeds last night. I said something that I think may have upset town fans, which was I feel like we probably deserve to get relegated if you base us on the last five years minus that playoff final run. Uh, Steve Cooper will not be moving to Huddersfield Town. Uh, I, I, I could say that very, very confidently. That's um, that's an ambitious shout, as I say. I just don't see that happening. He's I know the Palace job. It's the same as when you... I'm going to rip you here, Tom. Do you remember? Yeah, I said Sean Dyche. I said we should get Sean Dyche. But if you don't have ambition, Brady, what's the point? Like, if Kevin Nagel really want... Look, if... If you want to guarantee Huddersfield Town to have success, I bloody hell, Steve Cooper is is that man, isn't it? And I know it's stupidly ambitious that, and I I don't think it will happen. But I think bloody hell, what a that really would show that. I I don't think any fan because there's still some fans who call Nagel and etc but if, if he was if he was able to manage to get someone like that in bloody hell look i've i've said him a couple of times but I, he doesn't seem to be appearing anywhere i think maybe we we've got to be looking long term really i think whoever you get in is here regardless of if we go down to next season um i really like uh pete wild at barrow i think i think he could do a a really good job at town i think he's quite charismatic and i think he's he'd get on really well with the fans and that's that weirdly seems to be one of the the more important things with town fans than even the style of football at the moment like if someone's a bit boring in the press conference that's all that seems to be be said um but it's pro- it's probably going to be hecking bottom i think i i just i just i think it kind of lines up well. I think it's someone who, when you you look at a realistic list of targets, is probably near the top of it. Um, and I don't know if I'm... I just think it's too close to more for me. I think people will still moan about it. I, I don't think... I mean, apart from when he was moaning about VAR last season in the Premier League, I've... Whenever I've seen in other press conferences, and, and I'm just going off what town fans have been moaning about at the moment, um, and I'm I don't particularly remember watching any of his teams and thinking how super exciting the football is. Um, so they're they're kind of the top two concerns at the moment for town fans, and I just feel like you you're going to get much the same, especially till the end of the season if you you bring in in Heckenbottom. Um, but could he keep us up? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alex, I suppose you've got the, the outside perspective on this. What kind of, you don't have to give any names, but um, what type of manager do you think Town could do? Because from my perspective, I, I kind of look at what Wednesday have done and look at the teams around us, like Plymouth and 
maybe we do need a, a project and if you go down at least you can have someone who's cutting their teeth um what what do you think they need uh i will give you a name i think michael duff would be an outstanding appointment um swansea went the way it did it, it surprised a lot of people certainly on the wednesday patch because we we obviously not a million miles away from barnsley and wednesday and barnsley had the um you know, a good ding dong battle. Barnsley beat Wednesday twice last season, and then obviously the the playoff final was what it was. Um, and I think unanimously we were all really, really impressed with with Michael Duff and how he went about things. I think the the point there is a salient one about knowing League One as well. You know, in case um, and he and he certainly does that, and and got to within four seconds of a, a penalty shootout to get into the championship. So. Uh, that for me would be the no-brainer. Um, I'd like to know the reasons for not wanting Steve Cooper. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, a, a big uh, a big bold shout. Um, in terms of Hecky, I don't know. I think he might. Um, he's not the most glamorous name, I think, because of his career um, as a, as a player and. Um, and maybe the journey that he's been on as a manager, but he is someone that that's just taken a, a club into the Premier League, and I don't know if he might wait out for 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 something else. Um, as we know, the jobs do come up thick and fast, and he's um, been a part of the backroom staff with Wilder that that got uh, United promoted, and, and obviously that first season of, of success in the Premier League, and then and then did it himself as a manager. So. Um, in the most respectful way possible. I, I don't know if he might be selling himself a little bit short by jumping straight into a, a relegation battle, but um, yeah, look, we'll see. I think, you know, we've spoken about the the success in, in a lot of ways that, that Danny Rills brought and um, with the new wave of how things are done in the championship, um, it could be someone that you've never heard of that, um, Probably gets a a negative response from <laughs> from some as as Danny did, um, but certainly can be can be quite exciting. And with what Kevin sort of said about wanting to build something, I, I wouldn't be shocked with that at all. Yeah, just to clarify, I would love Steve Cooper. I just you touched on. Uh, I, I I just don't see this being an attractive job. You know, we talked about it. Oh no, that's yeah. No, I I, I completely agree. I think. Um, it it would be one hell of a shock, wouldn't it, for for someone that's uh, that's next job almost certainly will be in in the Premier League um, with with what he's achieved. Um, it was just one of the messages there saying I don't think Steve Cooper is the man. I think um, if I was a Huddersfield fan, I'd put him on my back and crawl <laughs> to to get into the uh, to the club. I think uh, I think a lot of people would be with you. No, I I suppose this is this is my concern. You know, like. Um... I say this, and obviously we, Wednesday's probably a good example, but I, I always say, like, who it's in a similar way now. You know, this is Huddersfield's sixth manager in 18 months. I don't think we're a particularly attractive proposition. I know we've got new ownership, and maybe they can point that a lot of those appointments weren't, um, they were under previous, like, man in charge. But it, I suppose it's the same with Wednesday. You know, normally I'm like, with the owner they have, who would want the job? And you continue to get quite, you know, some work, some don't. So, uh, who, who knows, really? I, I suppose I, I'm not. I'm not convinced that Heckingbottom, like you said, Tom, um, 
I just I'm not sure he'd take it. I, I just don't think we're a particularly attractive proposition. And as you mentioned, um, he's you know he's not a person a personality that you can necessarily like get behind. And I just I think some of the criticism of him from Sheffield United fans I've seen is he doesn't really change it in game. He struggles with that. Well, we've just had a manager who also struggles with that. Um, I just yeah. I, it's hard to say who I want, and to be honest, I'm glad I'm not the uh, the person making the decision because I think it's a really tough one. But I'm leaning to like maybe it's good to go with a, a, a you know a a, pro- a project, take a risk on it, and and see because I think if you had someone who's full of passion, you know, look at what's happening at Wednesday. Ian Foster at Plymouth, I think, is an interesting appointment. I think that's maybe the kind of road they need to go down because um, I just don't. I think John Eustace would be okay, but I think would he take that? Could probably get a safer job. Um, I don't think Nathan Jones, he's always linked with town, but I just can't really see him taking this job. Uh, not particularly want him after what he said about men, uh, women and children in Huddersfield at that time as well. Um, and let's be honest, uh, we can swear on this podcast because he's, he's a bit of a knob. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, but Brady, do you not think Jones would at least ignite a bit of something in this this squad? That's my only thing with Nathan Jones. He's absolute. He's. I mean, he might make a. He might fall out with a lot of people, but I just feel like he went to Stoke, and I think those players were too big time for when he went there, and he failed. And then he goes to Luton, where it's a bit more down to earth, and. Um, he does well twice, goes back there, does all right. Do you know what I mean? I, f- I feel like I, I, I don't particularly want him, but I, I actually don't think he'd do a terrible job with the kind of squad that we've got. Yeah, I suppose you just look in a very well-run club and you see what Rob Edwards has done. Well, um, yeah. And it's kind of yeah. the same with Plymouth. You know, I know Stephen Schumacher has gone to Stoke, but I kind of feel like Ian Foster might be all right because they're a well-run club and that's kind of the point you want town to get to where it's just you can change the manager but it's still all pretty good behind the scenes I don't know, do you know this is such a niche niche reference but you know do you know who um, Nathan Jones reminds me of <laughs> do you remember when there was a um, leader uh, Labour leadership candidate when Corbyn went up against that Owen Smith and Owen Smith said uh, oh yeah I'm a winner because there was only two girls in our school and I fought off loads of lads um, to, to pull them all and that's <laughs> kind of what it's like for me just like those vibes those vibes um, yeah but I suppose it's one of them isn't it like you say Tom maybe he'd be the sort who fans would get behind classic like you know everyone hates him unless he's part of your team so who knows I think it's a it's an interesting one let's let's take a break now because we've kind of got a question following up to that um, so yeah while we have a little think about that it is half time of this podcast but as always, we're sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. You can see the code if you watch on YouTube below. It's AHTTC10. Uh, that will give you 10% off any online orders that you do at magicrockbrewing.com. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk more about Huddersfield Town. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. 
cmcdonalds.com. Okay, lads. So um, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but Huddersfield Town Academy manager John Worthington is going to take charge of this one against Wednesday. Uh, he's going to be assisted by B-team coaches Kevin Russell and Matt Tong. Tom, what are your thoughts on this? Because I suppose you can look at it either way. If we're honest, Moore's, Moore's been rumoured to be in hot water for the past couple of weeks. He's gone now. Are you disappointed there's not a new manager in place for for this crucial game? But See, this is why I think I was quite surprised. And when I was messaging James, I was like, I assumed he was going to be in charge potentially for the end of the season. Because um, I, I don't... I don't... <laughs> We don't know what has gone on, do we, to be honest. Moore might have literally said after QPR, I don't think I can do any it's just not working or whatever. He, he might that kind of thing. So I I don't think there obviously obviously there will be plans, they'll have contingency, they'll have people on a list, but I don't think it's as it was as certain as maybe people are thinking that uh, if he didn't win at QPR, he wouldn't have been here. Like they had someone lined up. So, I mean, I'm not like some fans who are like, "What? What is going on? How can you not have someone lined up like straight away?" I think, I think that's more weirder than anything. That say if uh, they'd have sacked more and then Heckingbottom had been announced like straight away, because as bad as the re- the kind of win ratio percentage had been, the performance was getting better and. There was still we were still picking up points. I know the draws, the draws weren't good enough, but it wasn't like we were losing every week in these twenty three games that he's been in charge or whatever it is. Um. So yeah, look, it needs it it needs a good think about it as well, doesn't it? As well, like they can't be rushing into it. And um, obviously, I think. You'll have a week now where Worthington has these next few days with the squad. I'm sure he'll 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 just be concentrating on this game, and then hopefully in the background this week they're, they're sorting it out, figuring out who they want, and it'll be done come uh, come the end of uh, the weekend. I'd hope latest Brady. Mm. I mean, Alex, are we are the fan because fans were were disappointed. There's uh, this going to be temporary charge for this one with it being a huge game at the bottom do you think it's kind of to be expected like you say you don't normally get an instant replacement or do you think there's some some logic in what some of the fan base is saying that it, it seems a bit silly to not have someone installed and leave it to an unproven manager for what is a massive game at the bottom of the table yeah it's one of those i think if um if the word had got out that they were lining up a new manager while while Darren was still in situ, I think that that would draw its own criticism. And I, I think with listening to what you guys are saying about the likelihood of of the club wanting to put in a project and a long term manager, you, you've got to get that right. You've got to have a full and thorough interview process, and and that takes time. And we saw it on Wednesday. You know, after Darren, it was sixteen days. Um, at a very obviously it was in the summer, but a very vital time because of the time that had elapsed with the playoffs, and then you know Darren um, sticking around for three weeks before um, you know it was right in the middle of you know a really important transfer window, and it, it set them back. So the, there's pros and cons to all of it. Um, 
it is an important game, but you know, if you brought in the man that you really wanted, how much is he going to be able to do in in three days on the training ground? So um, the unknown nature of of what Worthington might might put together, um, yeah, it can it can work either way. I, I wouldn't be too concerned. My my concern would be on the club, you know, doing a really thorough job of of making sure they get the right man in. It's fair enough, and you touched on how Danny Roll, um, you know, it's a bit more difficult when there is an unknown quantity in the dugout. It's hard to judge. I mean, from your perspective, are you? Would you be more concerned if, if Darren Moore uh, was in the dugout, or do you think this caretaker actually makes it harder for Wednesday? Uh, yeah, I think so to to a degree. I think um, you know, with the, with the pressure that Darren was under. Um, you'd sort of look at a, a game. Was it now the Kirkley Stadium? Is that what we're calling it, or is it still the John Smith, still John the, Smith. the golf film? Or, yeah, yeah still, still the John Smith. So um, you'd sort of look at a game up there and think, you know, if you if you can really get a foothold of the game early, you, you know, almost turns into a home game in terms of the the impact that it has on the players. So um, that's now been taken away. I think Darren's approach. Um, I always got on really well with Darren. I think he's a, a fabulous manager, and as I said, the job that he did at Wednesday was was superb. And I think there would have been a good few places higher up the table had they kept hold of him. But um, he's, you know, he's no he's no tactical genius, um, and I think there would have been a fair shout for for Danny of in terms of getting the best out of him on the day. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's. Roll the dice time, see what happens, and and you know there will be a spring in the step of, of some Huddersfield fans. It it certainly does change the complexion of the match. I mean, Tom, I've kind of asked you this, but I, there was a little debate that maybe did you keep Darren Moore for this one if someone wasn't lined up? But are you you seem quite happy that Wormington's going to have a go, like you say, Huddersfield player, um, big motivating the lads. Do you do you think there was an argument to keep more for this game? Or do you think if, if he's not the man, he's not the man? Um. Oh, I don't know, Brady. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I don't. I mean, there probably is an argument there, isn't there? I think. I think the argument is it was the first time in a while, especially after QPR and Blackburn, where I've seen town fans saying, "Will the." I'm not saying all town fans, but you, you saw the odd town fan actually saying the performances have improved. And I guess that's the argument. But the problem is it the performances were improving, but at the end of the day, we, we needed the points more than the performances. And I don't know I don't know what the, re, the coming around of um, Darren getting the sack has been, but uh, obviously there must have been some mutual agreement or decision that, look, you it was either you've got to beat Wednesday, and if you can't, then that's it, and then it's happened, hasn't it? Um, I just just on what we kind of were talking about, Brad, as well. Like, um, look, we we said this as well at the start of the season, and when the appointment was made, um, you we had a season set up with Warnock and Jepson of potential stability, really, and a season for the the people, the the brand new owners and his brand new team who. Let's let's be frank. Other than Cartwright, who has experience in this league before, Jake Edwards has been in a a completely di- different continent 
doing football which it makes a massive difference there's a there's a different culture over there there's a different atmosphere and everything it was such a, a massive decision to to kind of give Darren Moore the job when you had Warnock kind of in the in the driving seat for potentially the whole season so this next appointment it just for me I don't care if this next appointment comes in and we don't win it's for the rest of the season I think they should still be in charge if he goes if we go down we need some stability we need some identity even if Anna or oh, yeah whatever it'll be boring football but I just want <laughs> I just want a bit of stability. I'd clip this, Brady. I'd actually have wouldn't have cared if Darren Moore would have stayed for the rest of the season and we'd have went down. But I'd I'd have been kind of I'd have been happy that the the club have backed someone and uh, were hoping that the stability and maybe the the results would have started to come. I think it just, yeah, I think it just makes that warning decision look sillier the longer it goes on, doesn't it? Because they did it from a position of strength. Um, but we were only a few points outside the relegation zone. And come the end of January, we're a few points outside of the relegation zone and, you know, looking like we could get sucked in. So, yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. I just, I'm a bit fed up with it, Tom, if I'm honest. I just want, just want some, uh, like you said, Mid-table mediocrity or something like that uh, will never happen. But I suppose I'd ask you, uh, we don't know how John Wilmington is going to set up with this one, um, but what do you want to see from this game? Um, I just want to... I mean, and we, I feel like we've seen this team perform in a certain way that looks like it can punish teams. And it's using the width and using the flanks and getting people in the box and getting balls in the box. One of Darren Moore's best games was that Ipswich home game for 80 minutes. That's all we did. We were a better team than Ipswich for 80 minutes. Um, and that kind of sums it up. There's so many games where we've we've actually been leading and we've ended up drawing. And I think Jerry said it on the main pod last night. You, you change a couple of those, not even that, probably two or three. If they turn into wins, then Darren Moore's still here. Darren Moore's still there. People might be moaning, but Darren Moore's still in a job. He's probably in job till the end of the season, to be honest. Um, so I, I just want to see that. I just want to see kind of using what we've got out wide. And now with Healy and Radders up front, um, I think you can be getting in, getting it in the mixer and hopefully causing that Wednesday defence a bit of trouble. Um, hopefully Helic is all right and uh, he's, he's fit for the game um, because I, I just look at the likes of... I mean, it just feels like Josh Windass is going to come and score, doesn't it, um, kind of thing. It's like classic. It would be classic against town. And then Bailey Cadamarch, if, uh his dad, former town legend, I'd call him. I love Danny. He was he was brilliant at town. Um, but he seems to be doing all right, Alex, doesn't he? He's uh, on a bit of form. Yeah, it's been a long time since... Uh, anyone came through the the academy, and there's been players that have sort of had a had a dip at it, but really had a sustained go. And the club gave them a new contract as well um, before Christmas, I think. Um, and yeah, he's been brilliant. Things have dried up a little bit in terms of goals, um, but you'd sort of expect that that you know it wasn't wasn't going to be some Michael Owen meteoric rise to the England squad. Um, these things have a way of sort of peaking and troughing, but. 
yeah, he's been excellent. You know, it's the way that Danny wanted to play when they came up with um, a strike force that probably wasn't um, as close to what Danny Real wanted in terms of pressing and all that sort of stuff. You've got Michael Smith and Lee Gregory, a little bit older and sort of more in the in the target man mould um, that you'll have seen Darren sort of preferred. Um, so yeah, Bailey's just been been really important, and um, you know Danny's around Sheffield. He's coaching in the in the United Academy, um, so that's probably an interesting dynamic there. <laughs> in terms of yeah, what they talk about around the dinner table. It's mad. You see. You know, Wednesday's is a big. He's probably six foot one or something. Bailey. Uh, you see, Wednesday's sort of strapping centre forward, and Danny's posting pictures of him in in the back of a car with his with his uh, seatbelt on on a family trip down to London and all this sort of stuff. So it's surreal. It makes it makes me start to feel very old. <laughs> no, it's fair. I, I suppose we. Um, I asked Tom about what we, if he wants to see from town, but. Alex, what can we expect? Uh, what can town fans expect to see from Sheffield Wednesday this Saturday? I think Wednesday will look to put town under pressure early um, with. I mean, yeah, the pressing game could go one of two ways because if, if town just go right, we're just going to be sort of quite basic in, in how we're going to just take that out of the game. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um yeah, I mean, if Wednesday can get all the ball, like I say, they've, they've dominated teams that, frankly, are, are better than them. You know, if you look at the league table and, and probably the the profile of players that they've got. So if they can do that, if they can get an early goal, then um, hopefully Wednesday could get a very important win from from my point of view. As I've said a couple of times, equally, I could see an absolute stinking nil-nil um, and for us to all go home. Pretty disappointed. I don't think a draw does a great deal for for either team, does it? No, it's probably best if we do come on to our match predictions. Um, Alex, you talked a, a few a few results, but I'm going to make you nail the colours to a mast. What what score prediction are you going for? I will go for a two nil Wednesday win. I think if, um, if they can get one early, I think they can get control of the game even away from home. And I think the man that I would pin the results on is one that Tom mentioned, Josh Windass, who had he's had a bit of time off. He's, he's hoping to come back in fresh, and um, he might well just have a little point to prove in in matches against Huddersfield. Yep, we're used to that, aren't we, Tommy? Hates us. <laughs> yeah. Tom, what about yourself? What what are you going for in this one? Um. I mean, I think with more, I'd have gone for another draw. Um, and I know a draw doesn't help ever. I mean, the the thing with this this Cooper and the Wednesday one, I did I did kind of think I I thought you beat Blackburn and Plymouth, that'd be brilliant, and then you didn't lose Cooper on Wednesday because they wouldn't have just made any any ground potentially on you in that game week. But obviously, we're we're down to this. I I. I think it's more of a must-win for Wednesday, especially depending on the Watford game. We'll see. I mean, if they beat Watford tonight, is it tonight, that Alex? Uh, Tuesday night or is it Wednesday? Wednesday night. Wednesday night. night. If they, if they beat Watford Wednesday night, then then I think it becomes a bit of a a must-win for both teams. To be honest, um, I think that gap's too 
too close then and um I, I just i feel like this town squad are in a proper funk of just all we do is draw and if that kind of continues for the rest of the season then that is relegation form um but i'm going to i'm going to be positive i'm going to be positive and my one of my favorite ever town players is in charge but the last time my favorite ever town player was in charge he, he had a worse win rate percentage than Darren Moore so um <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, a, a John Worthington 1-0 win and we'll uh, go with um, a goal from Radders on his first home appearance mm-hmm. oh, I'd like to say that I've, um, I'm not normally negative but I've just <laughs> this just feels like deja vu like last season Tom and when we should have beat QPR Blackpool under Fotheringham and then we got rid of um, Fotheringham and it was like oh well Chicho's in charge caretaker playing Wigan was it I believe yeah Wigan away, Wigan away. Yeah. we were having to see a response and it was we were dreadful and lost one now and I, I just think that's going to happen <laughs> just um, mm. it's funny how football always goes in cycles I just can see us losing one now because I do think Wednesday uh, like you touched on it there, Alex, they're very good until you get to the boxes. And I just think town aren't very good anywhere at the moment. Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can, I, I'm just picturing the, I can already see the Huddersfield Town hashtag at full time, Tom, and just the frog. Um, so, yeah, I don't normally back it, but yeah, I can kind of see us losing this one. So, um, nice cheery end to the, to the, uh, yeah. the town. Lovely. Cheers, bro. All right. I, what can I say? I love to lift people's spirits. Um, we we did have a few mailbag questions. However, they were before Darren Moore got sacked, so they're not quite right. But we have really enjoyed them, so do keep them coming because um, we, we enjoy asking you questions. That breakfast one particularly um, brought quite a lot of joy to the listeners, although they didn't like my AI image where, um, not that I asked to request it, but it did put P's in full English. Oh, we can't blend, yeah. blend the machines. Uh, we will leave it there. So thanks to Alex for, for, for joining us. Tom, thanks for joining me as always. Thanks to you, listener, for tuning in. And thanks to Magic Rock, who sponsored this episode. Tom and I will be back to preview the next game. If there's any news on the new manager, you may see a podcast come out between now and then, so keep your eyes up for that. And if there's any interesting signings between now and the deadline, uh, maybe there will be another pod there too. But we'll leave it there for now. It's tough for now and up the town. To town play and bring the car back to Huddersfield. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.